How's it going? It is Thursday, October 17th, 2019. We are live in Chinatown in San Francisco. We recorded a conversation with AJ Hawk that you are going to find entertaining, I think. Every time he and I chat, it just brightens my day. The dude's fucking hilarious. And he was incredible at football. I'm very thankful you joined us today. I'm also very thankful for our presenting sponsor, SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the greatest ticket-buying platform on planet Earth and the moon. That's right, I'm recording this ad all alone in my hotel bedroom because the Pacific Standard Time Zone has kicked us all right in the taint. We thought it was earlier in the day. Apparently, it's later in the day back home. So we're kind of rushing to put this together read these ads to make sure that we don't piss anybody off. Speaking of companies that won't piss you off, SeatGeek will always bring you happiness because if there is a live event happening, SeatGeek has the greatest tickets available for you at the best prices. If you want to go to a sporting event, they got you. One of these football games, college football, NFL, whatever it is, if it has a ticket and you want to go, SeatGeek's the place for it. Because they scan all the other ticket-buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. Right now, use promo code PAT, you get $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee, $20 off your first order. Now, let's remember to have a little self-awareness here. If we are wealthy already, let's go ahead and use PAT and just get the $10 off. If we are not wealthy yet... Use promo code McAfee and get $20 off. We both those codes keep going. You know what I mean? Just a little self-awareness. If you, can, if you don't need a full $20 off, if you know, you're doing pretty well, shit ain't really piling up for you, use Pat for $10 off your first order. McAfee for $20 off your first order. You're the absolute best people on earth that you choose to listen to the show. And uh, yeah, my life is a dumb one. I may or may not have stopped at a dispensary just a little bit ago. And I've been thinking deeply about my life. But I'm very thankful for all of you. And hopefully we continue to enjoy the hell out of this together. Cheers. Here's a great conversation with a Super Bowl champ. He's on his computer. Can you turn that thing sideways? My computer? No. (laughs) (laughs) Does it work? Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear us? Okay, good. I can't hear myself. Oh, it's oh you sound good over here. We sound you sound good with us. All right, I can kind of hear myself. I hate that though. By the way, when I can't hear me, mostly because everybody else gets to hear my greatness. Why can't I? Yep, that's that's how I feel about you. Love hearing your greatness. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a man who has a license plate that says Ohio State Legend. He's a man who played in the NFL for a long time. Super Bowl champion, <laughs> incredibly <laughs> handsome linebacker, AJ Hawk. Pat, so I don't know if you, I'm sure you don't know this, but so I do an an MMA show on Sirius just once a week, and my co-host, RJ Clifford, heard one time, I guess, when you, he listens to your show or all your shows, whatever the hell you do now, and he he took off, like when we started the show, he used your like 30-second intro of me as the start of the show, and he surprised me with it. He was so juiced. He loved it. It was good. (laughs) Well, you are a man who needs no introduction because the world knows of your greatness. I have gotten a chance to, um, I would say, become friends with you in a manner that not a lot of people do, and you're electric on a microphone. 
And whenever I got a chance to call a game with you, Texas Tech Baylor, that was a blast. When we got to do the podcast together, that was a blast. Every time I talk to you, I enjoy the hell out of it. Now you're starting to get chirpy about the refs, which is not an A.J. Hawk thing to do, by the way. It seems as if you've joined the – you forded the river. You're all in on these refs thinking. Am I accurate with that? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I was – I don't know. I guess I made one tweet just asking about the dude listening to his earpiece coming from New York, which I thought, like, yeah, this is – I had the idea that why don't we sell this as a – let's bring some new revenue in and let's open that audio up for people and we could – you could pay four ninety nine a month or something. I don't know. I think a lot of people would pay for that and I think they should run it on the networks during the game. Like they should cut to that audio sometimes. You know when they cut to the audio now of players that are mic'd up and it's terrible. You just hear people grunting yeah. and say, oh, we're good. Let's do it. Let's do it, guys. Okay, cool. <laughs> what a, think about it. If we could hear the back and forth from New York and the refs on the field, I think that'd be interesting. I would enjoy it. I agree completely. I think there should also be somebody up in a booth that kind of has uh, their ear anytime he wants with like a bunch of 22 camera exos thing type thing where as soon as a flag is thrown, like the uh, hands to the face, illegal hands to the face on Monday night, they can just drop in a cleat Blakeman's ear and be like, yeah, oh, yeah, you guys fucked that up. <laughs> You guys fucked that up. Just go ahead and pick that flag up. And yeah, I mean, it would be cool, but I think it just – it would probably slow the game down even that much How? More. How would that slow it down? If the guy is with it – let's say they have you or let's say they have another good football mind up there, somebody that doesn't want to be a ref but doesn't mind helping the game, and you're sitting there and you have all 52, right, and you have the Exos thing, which we are all very adept and skillful with and we can do it, and we have the 4K camera shots that all the TVs have, we can make that – I mean, I'm watching those replays, as are you. Decisions are being – We can. I can make the decision like this, and I would assume you can as well. It's almost – embarrassing to watch how long they have to review things whenever you see something it's like boom that's an easy answer that's right there have that person just up there and be like you know what we need to take a longer look at it actually let's challenge this let's review this but here let's make this a quicker operation i think it'll speed it up personally i mean it should in theory it should speed it up but you know like whenever you get more people involved usually it messes things up so you'd have to you got to do a really good job of who that person is on staff or who the people are in new york reviewing all these plays um that person would be in a stadium, I think. <clears throat> okay. Well, yeah, then yeah, I agree. I think this should happen. I just don't think it will. And, and you know, the new uh, CBA is they claim they're already negotiating a little bit and there's some back and forth. Well, the, you know, the, the PA is not going to get anything new. There's, it's not going to be anything groundbreaking. Why not give the the PA something to fight for and say, let's open it up. Let's make it transparent. Open this audio up and let's hear it. Hey, we're getting fucked. How about we like to hear why? <laughs> That'd be great. Did you talk to refs a lot as a middle linebacker, as a quarterback for the defense? Did you have a lot of interaction with the refs? Yeah, I would talk to them. I usually try to, to butter them up and just, you know, tell them hello and, and try to watch out for the cheap shots and dudes coming at my legs. And if it was uh, my guy, Jeff Triplett, I stayed away from him and would try to – yeah, man, I, I still have a hard time with that guy. <laughs> I'm like that with Walt Anderson. I hate Walt. Oh, Why? It involves a trip to England. He and I went on, and uh, I had a great cadence. I had a good, you know, hit, hit, hit. And uh, he called me for a false start and made Vinatieri <laughs> kick a 38-yard extra point instead of the nose tackle that obviously – fell off sides because of my incredible cadence. He refused to admit my greatness with my cadence and called it on me and made Vinatieri's life harder, made me a bad guy in the locker room, blah, blah, blah. Vinny made the kick. It's nonetheless, but Walt Anderson screwed me. I got it. Well, hey, you see, uh, so my boy Nuge is kicking for the Patriots now. If you saw when he uh, 
I, I know he missed his first extra point there, I guess, but then he's been doing all right. And then he, he had that kick, what, last week, and he kicked straight laces. How tough is that to do? I want people, I wish they would have – they ran it back and they showed it at least when they came back from commercial because I saw when they did. I'm like, man, he kicked the laces. They didn't get that thing turned. And then they said, oh, look, he kicked the laces, and then they just moved past it. That's when I wish someone like you was there to say how difficult it is to actually kick the laces. Well, when you're kicking the laces, you're kicking where the ball is actually coming together. So it's like you're, that's where the air and the compression and science can send that thing a little bit astray because it looked like it was going straight, and then it just kind of hooked to the left. And the interesting thing there was the holder actually seemed to spin the laces straight back to him, <laughs> which is a situation that happens because when you catch that ball, it's the snapper's job in the NFL by the way, it is the snapper's job to snap the laces the same place every single time. That is what they're being judged upon. That is what they're being uh, paid for. So the laces are supposed to be somewhere near the front every single time. That is literally what the, the snapper is being paid for. So every time... And I think it was, you know, obviously the Finkel-Einhorn situation where Marino took the blame for the laces. Laces out, Dan. And which... I think back then it was probably on the holder more so than anything. But now in the NFL that we live in, where there's a designated long snapper, it is that person's job to get the laces forward at least a bit so the holder can make a play. And as a holder, when you're watching the ball come back, just like a, a batter, you're trying to find the laces. So as soon as you catch it, you hope that your hands are either on it or you found it. There's a dead space where your hands aren't at, which is basically right at your left titty. If you're holding for a right-handed kicker, that's exactly where it was. And you panic because you're trying to find it. And sometimes you can just spin that some bitch straight backwards. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you get to the point where it's a bit too late. And at that moment, you can really... Honestly, laces can fuck up the direction of a kick a lot. It can fuck up the length of the kick a lot. And Nuge had really no shot there. It takes a lot of mental toughness to battle through a laces staring straight back at you because you know if you don't hit it completely clean, that thing's going to turn. And if you don't hit it as hard as you can, that thing's going to fall short. So it's a big mental toughness thing that Nugent could have got through, but he definitely was fucked for sure. Dude, do kickers practice kicking the laces? Well, not mine. Obviously, uh, because <laughs> you were never going to put them in that position. I yeah. did. I used to do a lot of drills, a lot of drills. We did it the other day in here, and I don't even think the guys knew we were doing it, where I would have four guys just <laughs> four guys just lobbing balls at my face, and I would be catching it, finding the laces, and spinning it forward. So, like, I would just be playing catch with people, but I'd find the laces and bring it forward. Find, so, as a young guy, which that guy is, he's a, he's a rookie, I don't think he's had enough reps to really get there because so, – it's only like once or twice, maybe every couple weeks. You got to help your snapper because the snapper is normally very consistent. You got to do it. But when that time comes, AJ, it's organized chaos down there. You got to be playing like you're on a fucking guitar playing like ACDC. You got to spin that thing for when it pays off. He's a little bit young. He'll get there, but it is very difficult. It is. Nuge, is he good? Is he going to be good? Yeah, Nuge is good. I mean, he's 37 years old. He's been doing it forever. Nuge has a, he's got a, He's got a cannon of a leg, man. He can do it. I'm happy that they signed him. Everybody else didn't seem like they were going to be Patriot guys. You know, to play for the Patriots, you got to have a certain thing about you. The Patriots seem to be incredible this year, and it's their defense that is really not being talked about enough. What do you think about that Patriots defense up there, AJ? I apologize for interrupting this incredible conversation. 
It's going to continue to get better, as can your life with our new sponsor. Ashford University is a higher education at your own pace operation. Ashford University is a WSCUC accredited institution that offers innovative online degree programs that can help you achieve your higher education goals. Their flexible scheduling provides learners with opportunity to achieve higher education goals while still balancing work, home, and family life. Higher learning is more accessible than ever with your friends at Ashford University. Gain skills you can use in your job now and knowledge that prepares you for the job market for tomorrow. Ashford University is awesome. And let me tell you why. Ashford University's online courses allow you to study wherever you're comfortable learning. You want to go do it down there at a Starbucks? Do it at a Starbucks. You want to do it in your bedroom? Do it in your bedroom. Living room, work, wherever you're comfortable. I mean, at work, you should probably focus on work. But if you want to get a little bit better at your work and maybe a promotion at your work or in your field, Ashford University is the place to go. Get your master's right now. Ashford University's six-week-long courses allow you to take one course at a time. Being enrolled in one class at Ashford means you are considered a full-time student. The GRE, GMAT, and other standardized test scores are not required for enrolling at Ashford University. And it is a fully accredited university. This shit's insane right now. You know that master's degree that could help you get ahead in your career or start the career you've been looking for? There's nothing holding you back now. The folks at Ashford University are making this possible in a much easier fashion. Work, commuting, or just life in general, is that what's holding you back? Well, knock those off the list with your friends at Ashford University. Get a master's degree Easier than ever thanks to Ashford. Convenient and flexible, Ashford University's online master's degrees programs allow you to learn at your own pace. You can study wherever you're most comfortable, one course at a time. No standardized tests required, and it's an accredited university. It sounds too damn good to be true. I can't wait to check it out. You know, I am not a college graduate. But if I was, I'd be getting my damn master's stat with our friends at Ashford University. You can achieve your master's degree while balancing work and home life. Start earning your master's degree today. Enroll now by going to ashford.edu slash P-A-T. That's A-S-H-F-O-R-D dot E-D-U slash P-A-T to start your master's degree today. Ashford.edu slash P-A-T. That's fucking wild. Yeah, you have to go do that, right? I mean, if you're contemplating getting your master's, like you have to go do that. Online at your own pace. An accredited master. Yeah, you have to fucking do that. Ashford.edu slash PAT. All right. Back to AJ Hawk conversation. Oh, we just, oh, we, we dumped all that out. Yeah, we just dumped all of that out. By the way, if you're listening, if you can guess what we just dumped out, <laughs> free merch for you. Diggs will have eyes on it. First yep. person to guess what we just dumped out. It was about a 15-minute conversation. Mm-hmm. If you can guess what it was and what the highlight of it was, Diggs will get you uh, some free merch. Tweet at Tone Diggs with a Z. Uh, anyways, the Patriots defense. How did the Patriots get better at football this offseason while losing Gronk? Well, they have some players. Think about it. They brought in Jamie Collins. Good pickup after the Browns mm. let him go. Brought him back. The dude's super productive. Kyle Van Noy is an absolute monster. This dude from from BYU, I feel like he he found us. He was in Detroit for, what, yep. two or three, four years, I feel like, and didn't really have the right role for him. Obviously, the Patriots found the right role. They got Hightower. Their linebackers are legit. 
They, they find a way. To, I don't know, man. That's the Patriots. That's what they do. It feels like defensive football is coming back. You got the Bears defense winning them games. The Niners defense winning them the games. Now the Patriots defense is winning them games. That has to feel pretty good for the state of football. That defense is starting to be worth a fuck. <laughs> I guess. I, I didn't really look at it that way. <laughs> I mean, I think it's. Yeah, it's good, but still, does anyone want to see a ten to six football game or a fourteen to nine? You make that a nine six game, I'm there for it. Five field goals, I'm fucking all in. Let's go. Let's see the talent out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. The good thing is for the audio people, you're standing up. I don't know what you're doing. I know you're <laughs> you're an hour nineteen of of the day already for shows that you're doing. There we go. I love there this new go. setup you have. You have this new setup in your your. And this isn't your mobile studio, I guess, but. You're in Indy, and it's like you do stand-up. You, you stand there, and you, you have, like, monologues like you're, uh, what's his name? Jimmy Fallon. Easy. Easy, AJ. Fallon, uh, AJ. We're going to dump that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, this is good. I'm trying to do a whole podcast to where none of it is used. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers seems happy, man. You're a good friend of his. So are you. You know what? I think I am actually. I, I uh, he and I are champions together. We got a chance to uh, win a golf tournament together. I wish, uh, I wish you would have came down to that. Why was uh, AJ not there? Why weren't you invited? You weren't invited to that that golf tournament in the Bahamas. No, I, I saw him right before he went to that. Then afterwards, he loved you down there. No, I mean, I I don't think I'm a good enough golfer to play in that anyway. Me neither, AJ. <laughs> me, AJ, me neither. I you have a great swing. Your swing looks legit, though. Thank you. Thank you. I agree. I wish the ball would fucking know that. <laughs> It'd be cool if the ball knew that my swing looked like it was supposed to look. You know what I mean? The ball just doesn't go anywhere where it's supposed to go. So how are you doing, though? Like, honestly, are you are you on the verge of a heart attack with the schedule you're, you're keeping up right now? Uh, mental collapse, maybe. I, <laughs> I don't think heart attack. I think the only thing that's going to kill me is, is exhaustion. But I'm at this point now, and I tweeted this out, and I really meant it. You know how you catch like a second wind there late night, like 2, 3 a.m. If you haven't slept, but you're just like your body's like, oh, we're back. I honestly believe I'm on to my third one, and it's it's a good one. This third wind is a good one. I just feel good. I just know that I'm going to be exhausted, and the body just has reacted well. I, I'm pretty proud of my body, to be honest. I thought I abused it so much younger that it wouldn't be able to do this, but it's reacting very well right now. Have you? Well, I'm sure when you when you travel and you're on the road, you're you're getting up early before you go on these early shows and do everything. That you're getting in the weight room, getting a good workout in, aren't you? AJ, you wear you wear cut off, so I figure your arms look pretty good, man. I'm like, all right, Pat's still still getting it in. I travel with bands. I travel with bands. I do those band workouts every morning in the hotel and every night in the hotel. And I'm just doing arms. I'm just doing buys and tries and shrugs so it looks like I'm working out. So I am so thankful for what you just said. It feels like my workout routine is completely vindicated. It's all paying off. Well, I mean, you, you kind of have to. You force yourself to do that by wearing cutoff sweatshirts five days out of seven. What am I wearing right now, AJ? A long sleeve for the brand sweatshirt. Which you can buy now at store.com. <laughs> you can buy this now. Uh, I, I, I like the sleeveless because you don't have to do much abs or chest. You just have to do arms, which is what I do. So it works out perfect. Don't you feel weird, though, if you're – do you ever see anybody I'm – sure, well, obviously, people love you. And, oh, Pat, oh, for the brand. And they want to, like, <laughs> you take a picture or something. Do you feel weird, like, when you're putting your armpit on them, if you put your arm around them? I don't put my arm around people whenever I have sleeveless. I, I, I have a little bit of couth. Thank you. I've been doing a lot of the arms in front, like kind of cross type thing, so I can flex the tries. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> or in the picture. <laughs> I've been trying my best. 
Please do that. I'm gonna <laughs> please. I'm gonna I'm gonna look to see <laughs> like in the in the next like week or so. It, post a picture where you're just like it's 100 percent like you can see that you're flexing, but it's not like a full go flex, but it's like you're trying to hide it. It's but no, you. you're giving it's a nice little tricep extension. All right, it's for you and for me. I do that in every fight. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever see my hand in my pocket too, that's the classic go-to for me. It's just full hand in the pocket. Lottery! <laughs> my arms start shaking. You know what I mean? Uh, you're a smart man. Thank you so much. It means a lot. What have you been up to? You got your MMA show you do once a week. You talk the football. Where do you talk the football at? Yeah, I don't know. All over. I do. You know, I got a serious show today. I do a day on the Big Ten channel. I do the NFL channel, whatever. I'm traveling, doing games on weekends. Oh, you're calling games. Over. You're calling games. Yeah, I do a bunch of Conference USA stuff. So, yeah, I've been doing all. I've been, you know, running around, man. I, I like doing the games. How do you, So, you, it's Thursday cool. night, you do Thursday night games. You and Hasselbeck with Adam Amin. You guys are good. You're a good crew. It's fun to, to watch you. How do you like being there and doing it consistently now? It's a, this is quite a grueling schedule. I don't think I expected like the coaches meetings the day before the studying you have to do. And then the traveling to these tiny towns that have these incredible colleges at, and then traveling out of it. And then I got the daily show. The schedule has been one that has been quite a kick in the taint, but I've been enjoying the games themselves. Like, if you could just airdrop me into the booth just for the game, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. But I don't think I had enough respect for everything else that goes on with calling the game, if that makes sense. Absolutely. You're like, haven't you heard rock stars say this? They, they're like, man, they've been touring for 30 years, selling out stadiums and arenas, and they're like, man, how do you still do it? Isn't it a grind? Like, with those like two and a half hours I'm on stage, that's it. I live for that. They're like, everything else? Hate it with a passion. I I don't know if I hate everything. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I think you do. I know you're a positive guy. You got to play this this character. But yeah, I know you <laughs> <laughs> it's not a character. I don't think I hate it. I just don't think I respected the grind of it is enough. Whenever I was just saying yes to everything in the off season. Hey, you want to have a daily show? Yeah. You want to do get up in New York on Monday? Yeah. You want to do Thursday night football in random towns for thirteen weeks? Yeah. You want to do this? WWE NXT stuff? Yeah. You want to do WWE watch-along stuff? Yeah. And when I was just saying that, I didn't think I had enough respect for any of the fucking <laughs> of them. Any of them. I don't think I had enough respect for any of them. So now we're just balls deep in the middle of it. The body's caught the third wind. And to be honest, that Thursday night football thing is the most tasking because of the traveling and then the studying and then the game and then the traveling home, get home. So I, I just, that's what I learned, I think, the most is I don't, I didn't respect enough. It's literally just like gobble up all the information I can. Cram, 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 cram. And then hopefully the brain remembers the shit and I can just spew it out on national television and I'm never going to remember it again. We got UCLA, uh, Stanford again this week. I called UCLA's game, I guess, what, a month and a half ago? Mm -hmm. I don't remember shit about that team. <laughs> I, I couldn't even tell you a single thing. It was just a cram and purge situation. <laughs> I don't know a single thing about them. So what's going to happen? I'm going to have to just scoop like fucking Zeke in that cereal bowl, just all the information I could possibly get, and then hopefully shit it out right. I almost called one team the same team as the team from the week before. <laughs> I, I mean, it's been an interesting situation. I don't think I've respected enough, but you've been doing this now for years and years and years. Do you have any tips for me, anything that I could potentially learn from? Well, I mean, I've been doing it for like, I guess, going on two years now. But you're 100 percent right. You're working games like you're, the games. So the games I'm doing, luckily, I have some of the same teams uh, a few times. But yeah, I don't. There's times I'm doing these high school games for Adidas. I'm doing five of them. You talk about not knowing players and <laughs> not being able to to really find film to watch on them. 
I got to go find their Twitter accounts of highlights that they post themselves. So that's what I do. And, and try to learn that stuff. And so you got to call it like uh, – like you know, I mean, you do. You got to find all this information. But I'm like you. I think my brain's similar to you in that way. To where I'll get done calling a game, and I, someone will be like, "Oh, what happened?" I'm like, "Oh, uh, North Texas won." They're like, what's the score? I'm like, "I have no idea." Like, I don't. <laughs> I guess I just I'm there. I do it, and I move on. Like, I don't know. There's something I can just it, it flushes instantly when I'm done with something. That happens with me with every show I do. By the way, like I have. I think people would argue that I have one of the best memories probably on earth at this point. Mm-hmm. I am very, very proud of my memory. Very, mm. very proud of it. Nah, no. Yeah, I am. <laughs> okay. I'm very proud of my memory. I feel good about it. I mean, granted, there's probably some scholar out there who has a good memory that I could probably battle against if I fucking had to. You know that scoreboard game where they like match the pictures? Mm. Bang! Every time I knock that thing out before it even starts. Uh, just the, the way there was a person that came and talked to the team. And he was this guy. He was like a motivational guy. I forget what he was. He was a rookie. He lined up, I think, 16 letters and numbers on the screen, right? He flashed it up on the screen. And I looked at it. And I was probably high in there. So I was like, thinking, dude, what the fuck did this mean? I thought it was like, a, like a, as soon as possible type thing. So I was trying to figure it out. I was like, okay, bring the bread back to the chopping block. I don't know if that's right. 16 times. And then the guy turns it off. And like five minutes later, he goes, who can tell me what was on that screen up there or whatever? And I was like, oh, it's fucking easy. It's uh, BTBCCB16. And he was like, uh, uh, nobody's ever answered that <laughs> before. And my thing was going to be his entire thing was basically we're going to start paying attention to things more if we want to embrace blah, blah, blah. And I basically just fucked this entire guy's this entire guy's thing. I just completely fucked it. I, I just completely ruined it. All because I was just inquisitive at it. So I really trust my brain. But in the short term memory, like I'll lose my bottle in 30 <laughs> seconds when I put it down. That thing's gone forever. I have no idea what it is. And when I come out of a show, I have no clue what we just talked about. I'll walk right out of the show after doing a show for two hours. And somebody comes to me like, okay, what are some clips we should cut to send to Westwood One to potentially pitch to other shows? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Did you listen? <laughs> I don't have a single clue. What is that about us, you think? What is that that it just all spews out? And then later I'll be able to remember it, but in a moment I have no idea. I don't know. Maybe are, are we on the spectrum a little bit? I would assume. I mean, I think. You know what that is? <laughs> you know, like, like Rain Man. You're, you're basically Rain Man. I think I am. That's why I want to read that 21 book, by the way, because I think I could potentially get banned from uh, casinos if I had to. Okay, I have a question for both of you. When you both played football, did that happen? Like, do you remember every single play or after the game, you just completely forget? I didn't remember shit. Yeah, I don't uh, I, I don't have one of those memories either. I, we get done with games, that, and I knew we, if we won or lost, but uh, preseason <laughs> games I never knew if we won or lost, but regular <laughs> season. Um, I would know if we won. I rarely would know the score. And I couldn't go back and tell you certain like I don't have a like a photographic memory like that. I don't have the recall. And I, I talked I've talked to Aaron about that. I think all great quarterbacks have it. Aaron Rodgers. He he can tell you any play. Like he'll he'll tell me stuff about my career that I have no clue about. Like, well, you know, twenty eleven we were we were playing the Panthers and you guys you brought a blitz on third down and you kinda got like tripped up. You know, I think you had a little like you tweaked your groin in practice that week or something and you guys had you were playing a lot of quarters coverage in the red zone, they just kinda ate us up. I'm like what? <laughs> <laughs> but he had that's how his brain works and that's part of the reason he's so good and i think a lot of quarterbacks have that crazy recall that's why they're playing 
like five steps ahead of everybody else. They had that Sean McVay video where he called back to what play he was probably going to call or what he did call, and then LeBron did that in the full breakdown of whatever. And, you know, sometimes when LeBron speaks, it's very regrettable shit, but then sometimes <laughs> when LeBron speaks, it's very <laughs> insightful and entertaining. I, I honestly do. I wonder why that happens, why some people can recall everything that happens in a moment immediately, and then some people like us, I couldn't even guess. I couldn't even guess what happens out there. Like every once in a while, they do those Sunday night uh, recap shows on local news or whatever. And I would, you know, go get food or whatever with my family. And then I would turn on the local news and like one of my teammates would be on there. And they'd be like, so what do you think happened in the second quarter? And my, you could obviously tell that my teammate had no fucking idea. I mean, we just played the game. He's like, yeah, you saw us kind of get after him. And then they're showing highlights of like us getting crushed. And he's like, ah, and then obviously they were doing well. I think that happens to a lot of people. Honestly, I, th I think it does. Because you kind of get into like a game. There's a question. Do you think you get into like a zone almost? Yeah, I think you're – it's like when you when you call a game, like you said, you have to gobble all this information up. You got to get out there. Okay, hopefully, I'm, hopefully I got this. You're sitting there for two and a half hours calling a game, and then all of a sudden it gets done. You're like, "Whew! All right, cool. It's gone." I think that's how it is, kind of when you're playing. You're you're leading up to it all week. You're preparing. You know the game plan. You know what their their tendencies are. Here's what they do on second and medium. Here's what they they likely come out with the first play of a drive. All this stuff. And then for me at least, when I could I would live in that moment. I guess and the game's over, and you're maybe just I was just mentally exhausted. I don't know what I was, or I just realize like okay well we're on to the next one who oh. cares let's, let's keep it moving my favorite thing was when i realized that it's going to happen with me calling games too just like it does with shows and football and everything else and stand up everything it happens in everything for me where i just don't immediately afterwards i can't remember anything that just happened i'm just in there doing it that first game, they're like, all right, coming back from half, what do you want to recap about in the first half? And I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> ah, does anybody have any thoughts? Uh, let me go to Twitter real quick to see what everybody else is thinking. I was like, I don't even remember that first half. Well, do you think the quarterback did well? I was like, ah, I think right? he threw pretty good tonight. Here, I'm looking to highlight at me on Twitter saying this guy's got a cannon of an arm. Can we just, let's talk about that. I don't remember any of it. I don't know how people – Departmentalize, I guess, the short-term memory with the long-term. I don't know. That's a flaw of mine, I think, and I'll hopefully get better. No, it's a, it's not a flaw. I think that's a a reason why you're so good in the moment because you're not thinking about the next moment. Yeah, I'm a checkers player. I'm not a chess player. Everybody knows that. I am. What what can happen right now? What can happen right now that can help me jump over the person right in front of me and get it done? That's that's all I'm trying to do. I'm not planning. There's no four moves ahead. If it all works out, it all works out. But right now, I'm just trying to get kinged, bitch. Yeah, are you a Sudoku player? No, nah, it's a lot of thinking. I have no idea how Sudoku works. I can't. <laughs> and when people try to, oh, I mean, it's super easy, and I just, when, I'm not a numbers guy anyway. I'm basically have a learning disability when it comes to math too. So it's it's not my thing at all. Thinking of Sudoku, chess. I wish I learned. I knew how to play chess. People try to explain it to me. I guess I just do don't you play have checkers though. Attention span to to want to learn how to play chess. Can you play checkers though? I think I could be a pretty good checkers player. That's what I think. I think checkers is like street smart. Chess is more like the book smart people who are like planning long. I think checkers is more like reactionary. Like, let's figure this out right now as opposed to any. It's just like Wheel of Fortune versus Jeopardy. I'm a Wheel of Fortune guy, not a Jeopardy guy. I would assume all the people in Wheel of Fortune are also checkers players and also street smart individuals where the book smart people love Jeopardy. They love um, chess. And I would assume they are very much uh, a much more intelligent people with more degrees than us. Yeah, I get it. it depends how you 
define intelligence? Is would you rather be? And I know your answer probably. Wouldn't you rather be street smart and have self awareness than be super book smart? Not, but also like not know how to turn on a laundry machine or a washing machine. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I know how to do that. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I would much rather be uh, common sense human than somebody else. I mean, that's all. That's all that matters, and especially for your profession and what you do. Obviously, if you're a astrophysicist or something yeah you want to be book smart street smarts don't matter as much i would love for my doctor to be an incredibly book smart individual to save my fucking life like if that guy sucks at checkers i'm completely okay with it <laughs> just put my knee back together and make sure my heart's still beating that's awesome <laughs> but i think there is a vital role for the common sense humans that isn't really happening uh at the current moment Diggs has a question here for you he's been antsy i'm excited to hear it did, did I? Yeah, I thought so. Or are you just enjoying the conversation? I'm just enjoying the conversation. I also did want to know, are those the real color of your eyes? That is a great question. I think you wear contacts. Piercing. Oh. What color are my eyes? It's like Baby a blue? Blue right piercing. now. Like a piercing blue right blue. now. They are, they are blue. These are not contacts. Should I get some contacts? No, 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 no. People are getting contacts that look like your eyes. No, people used to get contacts. And I'm sure you play with guys that were like the red ones. Did you see that, Pat? What was that dude's name? Vandenbosch. Kyle Vandenbosch. Yeah. I talked about this during the Dapgate conversation. We played against the Lions, and I was a captain. Vandenbosch was a captain. We walked out there. He had those red fucking contacts in. And I shook his hands, and I looked in the eyes of Satan. I was like, holy shit, look at this guy. And the entire coin toss, I just stared at him. He didn't blink. I thought his eyes would get dry. He didn't blink, and then he walked away. And I was like, oh, intimidation, this guy. Little rascals or whatever the fuck their name was. I honestly honestly loved it I, but i think people used to do the blue contacts oh, yeah. and the green and the white and all that shit yeah I, I don't know i've never worn contacts no but kyle vandenbosch probably my favorite football player of all time oh, oh, oh let's whoa. dig in a little deeper because yeah. of the red contacts yeah i played against him so many times and i just watched how crazy he would run he would chase dudes down and he looked like the dude with the nail on his head and happy <laughs> <laughs> and watching like that dude how he hustled like you could put on any play of this guy at any time, and you'd be like, "Hey guys, you know we talk about effort all the time. I don't need to say anything. Just watch this dude. He will run 240 yards in one play, just chasing the ball. He is that serious, and he does it every single play, every game. And then he's the scariest human ever that every single offensive lineman doesn't want to go near. Every fullback tries to stay away from. Like he's just he was the complete monster. I love the dude. He was awesome. Then he ended up breaking his neck, I think, at some point in Detroit. And wasn't really able to come back too much from it. But, yeah, he was amazing. The thought of a guy just running forever and being an animal. Have you got a chance to see Quentin Nelson play football yet? Yeah. He's the first person down the field mm -hmm. no matter what it is. If it's a run, if it's a pass, he's sprinting all over the place. A, I have no idea how his knees are holding up. A Wreck-It Ralph-sized man <laughs> who's run 70 yards down the field. He's the first person there. But he just seems to be an absolute bruiser. If you're a linebacker preparing for somebody that's a mauler like that who also has great finesse. Josh Sitton told us that he has great finesse and he utilizes people's leverage and things like that. What is the preparation going into a week knowing that you've got a fucking animal on the other side? It's it's terrible, especially when he's a guard. Guards and centers are who I had to take on a lot, and there's no way around him. You can't really run away from a guy like Quentin Nelson, and he gets the second level so fast. And you mentioned Sitton. That's how Sitton was. Sitton's a guard. He was Sitton was like a master of using leverage, and he was so cock strong. And he he didn't look like it. Sitton probably couldn't bench 300 pounds, but he was so strong on the field, and you know how to use your leverage. But a guy like Quentin Nelson too, when he's He's that physically gifted, but then, he, like you said, he's the first one down. He's chasing the ball over the place, helping everybody up. 
it's a scary thing, man. You got to, you know, like, all right, well, it was like when you, every once in a while you'd face some fullbacks back when they were fullbacks. Well, they, they're kind of making a comeback. But when teams used to run a lot of like lead week and ISOs and you, you knew you'd be taking this guy on 15 or 20 times. And he was one of those dudes that just for whatever reason, every time you hit him, you felt like you were going to die. It was never a whole lot of fun going into those games, but you're like, all right, well, here we go. I better headbutt him first before he gets me. <laughs> you were on record saying you don't think you've ever had a concussion, by the way. I, I have zero, zero documented concussions, Pat. Is that real life or is that just you acting tougher than, uh, than science? Real life. I, I mean, honestly, like I've whatever people say, like been dinged up, you know, people say you've been dinged. I've never had anything to where I've had like a headache. I've never blacked out. I've never had the deal where I felt like I couldn't continue to play. Like I never had anything like that. Huh? It's because people wear mouthpieces. Mouthpieces, I think, are probably giving concussions out. That's the problem. Don't wear a mouthpiece. <laughs> Uh, you never wore Mason, a mouthpiece? Mason Rudolph, no. Mason Rudolph was not wearing a mouthpiece. Oh, that's another thing. I wanted to say something on Twitter about. So I think I'm going to start getting more active on social media. You should. Because this, it's really – I'm not active, and I don't care to be really at all. But someone said something about him. I saw that hit happen. I, could, I was in the middle. like We were at home, whatever, in between kids' soccer games or something. We're watching. All of a sudden, boom, I'm like, oh, this guy's dead. Like He, he was out <laughs> yeah. before he hit the ground. It was it was so sad. He's out before he hits the ground, but then he hits the ground, and the back of his head hits hits the the grass, which is the scariest, worst ones. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he got double knocked out, and then he's laying there, and they cut his face mask off. And then someone said, oh man, a mouthpiece would have absorbed the blow and helped all this out. I'm like, are you kidding me? Do you really think a mouthpiece? Like, I don't even think you could give the argument that a mouthpiece would have softened the blow at all. And so to think that a mouthpiece would have helped him out there, come on now, man. So That's like. He hit what? him right on the button. Yeah, yeah and he mm -hmm. had his mouth open. And they argue that mouthpiece is one of the reasons they do work is because it forces you to keep your mouth shut. Because that's what, you know, boxers, but, fighters get knocked out. But when, when you're trying to breathe with a mouthpiece, you have to open your mouth more to breathe because the mouthpiece is in taking up 30% of your mouth. So it might have reversed. It might actually reverse technology this where you were forced to open your mouth, which leaves your jaw a little bit more exposed, right? So whenever you get a shot in the button, it's night-night, which is exactly what happened yeah, to Mason. If, if your mouth's open, it's click. That tendon stretches as far as it can go, and it just shuts you down. Keep your mouth shut then. That's all you got to do. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's probably what you did. You're a master. You know Plus, your jaw is made of iron. Look at that thing. Well, and, no. That has to help. What AJ, mouthpieces do... Mouthpieces protect your teeth. That's what they're there for. They don't protect like they. You can show me all the science and say how oh, when your jaw bites down, it 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 dissipates the blow throughout your head. Okay, mm. I still think the science is still out on that. I don't know if that's that's real or not. Doctors, I'm sure they always try to argue with me and people mouthpiece producers, guys that make mouthpieces, sure love to argue with me about that too. But have you if, been getting real beef <laughs> with big mouthpieces right now, dude? Yes, I am because I, I feel passionately about this, Pat. <laughs> It sounds. It really sounds like you are like, hey, listen, big mouthpiece is actually hurting the game instead of helping the game. That's how you feel. Well, mouthpieces are a fashion statement now. You know that. With this, people have it hanging off their helmet with the big lip guards on top that were cool when I was Black in third grade. Those fault. are back now. Yeah, everything that was cool back in the days back now. Like my son, my six year old plays flag football, and I just got him one of those. It doesn't have the strap. They don't wear helmets, but they make him wear mouthpieces to protect their teeth, not their heads. And <laughs> he, I got him one of those big mouthpieces with the lip guard, and it has like skulls on it or whatever. And I surprised him with it before a game a couple of weeks ago, and it was 
better than Christmas for him. He was so juiced. Strictly because he likes how it looks. He doesn't care if it protects his teeth or his head, but he likes how it looks, and that's how it is. And so, I mean, whatever. I mean, mouthpieces, I didn't expect to get on here and talk about it. You can dump that out, too. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. It's the big pacifier one you're talking about, right? The big, like, it looks like a pacifier on your mouth, the big thing? Yeah. How, like, I have a tough time. I have a large nose. I can't really breathe out of my nose well. Oh, classic mouth breather. I am literally a classic mouth breather because my nose doesn't operate that well. Whenever they got those big pacifiers, that has to be incredibly difficult to breathe. It's like that mask that you, those masks that they were like thirty thousand feet masks or, or whatever they mm-hmm. were. Yeah, those, those, yeah, those don't work either. By the way, yeah. <laughs> go on. They absolutely do not work. When you see guys warming up with them, because they think they look cool and they say how oh it simulates like you're you're at twenty five thousand feet. Absolutely not. It does not. It restricts your breathing a little <laughs> bit in. It restricts your breathing in and out. When is your your breathing ever restricted? It just doesn't make any sense. Those masks. <laughs> Luckily, we haven't seen them around as much lately. Out. Maybe the league did the league shut them down. You can't wear them pregame now, or what? Well, the league needs to shut down the refs. I'm not sure about those masks, but those things were the because they started designing them like they pain. Start, they started, that's the reason it was because of Batman. Yeah. Marshawn was doing it. Marshawn was doing it. There was an American flag one that was out there. They were showing up in every NFL locker room. I think them. everyone caught on that it was a scam. Yeah. <laughs> It was hard to breathe. And I was they were bored. I tried to do biceps one day with that thing on, and I, <laughs> I fucking don't think I was doing it right. But I didn't love it. I didn't love I it. Mean, you don't though. need it. Don't worry. You, you'll be fine. There's the bot. You know who Boss Rootin is? Oh yeah. Oh, oh what, what is? Uh, dang it! Dang it! Dang it! Dang it! Dang it! Where he takes kick the to the groin. Dang, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boss Rootin's like guide to bar fighting. Yeah, he's the best. And Boss has this thing called the Boss Rudin O2 Trainer, which I have, <laughs> and it's actually pretty legit. It restricts your breathing in, but not out, and you can work out with it. You do everything, and there's like 12 different valves you can check onto. It's like a little mouthpiece. That's the only mouthpiece I'll ever wear. I, I wear it sometimes in the basement when I'm working out. Feels like Bam. Boss Rudin paid you to say that, <laughs> and now I have to question whether or not you genuinely hate everything else, or this is just because you're being paid by Boss Rudin. I wish. No, I wouldn't take a dime from Boss Rudin. He's one of my heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Khabib swimming against the fucking uh, current current in a river? Khabib did that? No. Oh, dude. He, oh, he's he's taking on the fucking Amazon, it looks like. He's just <laughs> swimming. The freezing cold freezing Russian cold river. Russian river. He's just swimming against it. And then they're like, all right. Come back, and he just turns and swims to the side. It was insanity. If he be- if he's fighting anytime in the near future, he is gonna win. He is gonna win. That is just a hundred percent fact, and that's just the way it goes. Can he see it right now? Yeah, I show him right now. Yeah, I can see it. That's all- well, Khabib's never lost, Pat. So yeah, I'd, I'd say he's good. Khabib's a he's not even a human. This dude is yeah, he's awesome. He's <laughs> he's a scary, scary individual. Yeah, yeah, and then he won in the crowd, right? He's the guy mm-hmm. that won in the crowd. Oh yeah, I know all he- about the mixed martial arts. So how you're doing all this WWE stuff, working with Sam Roberts and all that? How um, how do you how do you jam that into your schedule? Well, uh, it's kind of one of those things where I put on my Boss Root No Two thing, and I just <laughs> I just can't really breathe much, and I just kind of fucking go for it, bang it a dang it a dang it, and uh, I know enough about the W. So that's like if I know about stuff, and this has been a very self aware, self awakening here a uh, couple weeks for me. If I know what I'm talking about, even though people might not like the way I deliver things, at least they have to say, like, oh, at least this guy's fucking right, though. When it comes to things I don't know about, it's tough. Like this college football, I don't know fucking shit about it. <laughs> it is very tough for people to want to have to listen to me, especially, I mean, granted, 
Ratings are doing good. I think they're doing better than they were last year. I'm getting a lot of clips. We're doing this, ba 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 ba. But if you're somebody that doesn't like the McAfee, which is there is people out there, and you're forced to listen to me talk about shit that I don't know about, boy, that's got to be tough. That has got to be very tough. But with the WWE, I know about that stuff. I've literally been a fan for like 20 years, so I know about it. So they can just drop me in, basically, and I pretty much can know what's happening relatively quickly because the storylines are either similar to what they were like 10 years ago, or I can pick up on it. Pretty fast so that's not really a problem that's actually like a vacation for me it actually like feels good to get in there and chat about it but i enjoy the hell out of it i might be doing some more with them or in the wrestling world without them we'll see what happens you see that with, you say without them uh, we'll see man my future in the wrestling business is uh you and jericho go go wrestle for jericho's deal he has oh uh, i don't think i'll ever do that i don't think i'll ever do that Okay. Well, I know your boys with Triple H. So yeah, get in, get inside the ring then. Whatever. What do they call it? Get inside there and throw it around. Throw your body around a few times. <laughs> what do they call it? Get in there and throw your body around. Squared circle. That's right. Not a boy. Look at you know what you're talking. First. Oh, okay. Tell do you. So you do you not call it a belt? You call it a championship or whatever? Funny you say that because the last time I was on their air, I said he's going to win the belt tonight, and in my ear immediately it was like, <laughs> "Don't say belt, guy. It is a title or a championship." Is that like saying Super Bowl? Uh, no, it's not like. It's not for fines purposes. It's because they got sick of everybody calling everything a belt. So it's a championship or a title. It's no longer a belt. In the WWE, in a lot of wrestling worlds, by the way, they hate that. And they also don't call it professional wrestling. They call it sports entertainment, which a lot of wrestling fans fucking hate. So there's a lot of things that the wrestling fans are kind of jaded about. And those two that I just mentioned are right there at the top of the list. <laughs> so it's just the way it goes. Hmm. How, do you like the Colts this year? I think they're going to Super Bowl. Good pivot right there. I think Colts are going to win the Super Bowl because games are won in the trenches, and that offensive line is legit this year. I think Jacoby Brissett is a young superstar quarterback that's not getting enough credit, and I think that defense, when it's healthy, can fly around and make plays. Adam Vinatieri is all the way back. Rigoberto Sanchez is good. I think they have a team from top to bottom that's going to win games in December and January because they can win the ugly ones, AJ, and that's what you need to be able to do late in the game and in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I love Jacoby Brissett. That dude is me too. For some reason, undervalued, I guess, at least outside of Indianapolis. People don't give him enough credit for how good he really is. He never gets talked about. It's always Baker, Lamar, uh, Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes. Oh, these are the young quarterbacks that are going to be superstars. It's like, yo, Jacoby is a young quarterback who has been very fucking good, who can win a lot of games, especially when you have an offensive line that can just move bodies whenever they need to. I think the Colts are built for a long haul right now, but everything run through, runs through the Patriots. Everybody knows that. Everything runs through the Patriots. Yeah, they're, they're, they're legit, man. Their defense is fun to watch. They're, they're fun to – yeah, their whole team's fun to watch. People, The whole argument now, people are saying, oh, um, who was it? Who's the best team? They're trying to say, um, are the Niners the best team in the NFC? That's a big talking point right now. What do you think? No. I mean, I, I, I can't crown them the champs yet. I mean, I, I have a hard time putting them above Seattle right now. Don't you? Seattle. Russell Wilson just feels like no matter what the game is, I think it's always going to be close. I think the Seattle Seahawks mm -hmm. games are always going to be close. But I think Russell Wilson, for all of his bad, his cliche answers, his corniness, his super corporate operation, it feels like. It, by the way, people say that's genuine. That's not fake. That's how he is in real life, I guess. But on the football field, he you don't agree? AJ, you don't think he's all those things? No, I think sometimes you become the character you create. Boom. 
Ooh. Thank well, you. Well said. Thank you, AJ. Hey, that was profound, by the way. Something. I'm talking about Pat, not not Russell. <laughs> 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 That's hilarious. No, but I think when Russell has the ball, he's doing incredible things right now, and that Seattle Seahawks team is legit. You don't think the Niners are above the Seattle Seahawks? What about you have the Saints, Packers, Seahawks, and then uh, Niners? I mean, no, I don't know where I would rank them. This isn't a dumb power ranking show. No, I let's go to the tower here. rankings. Let's get the list out. <laughs> AJ Hawks, top four teams in the NFC. We will go now live at number four, AJ Hawk. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to jump through your hoops once again. Like <laughs> but I guess I I don't know. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to ever count out the Packers. Devontae Adams isn't even playing right now. That dude's an, another under-the-radar stud that doesn't get the credit he deserves. He's unbelievable, and their defense is legit. They, you talk about bringing some free agent signings, the, the Smith brothers, as they call them, even though they're not related on the outside for Green Bay are awesome, and their secondary is really, really good. So I never would count the Packers out if Aaron's healthy. Uh, the Saints are, are really good, too. Their defense is, is playing well, and Drew Brees isn't even in the lineup right now. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like what the Niners are doing. Their defense is awesome. I, I'm a fan of Jimmy G. I hope he's the guy. I hope he, he can lead him to a Super Bowl. I don't know if he is yet, but I think he's really good, and I like him. I just don't know if I can – you can't sit here and, like, crown people champs or act like they've arrived yet after five games. Six. Whatever it is. I don't know when you're releasing this thing. <laughs> I can respect that. Hey, um, we got to go. I'm flying to Palo Alto this afternoon. Um, my life is getting hectic. You and I revolve around motivational speeches. Is there any way you could give me a motivational speech to really finish out this fall strong, AJ? First off, I, you, you're trying to you, you try to set me up with these stupid things every <laughs> single time I come on here. And I know, like you have other people that come on here, your ball washers that are so happy to be on the show. <laughs> oh yeah, let me do this, Pat. Well, you want me? Oh, you want me to stand up, Pat? Should I wear a hat? Oh, you want me to flex? Cool, I'll do whatever you want, Pat. So, because I, re I respect you as a human, obviously. <laughs> I think you're you're really really good at what you do. Okay, I, thank you. I I've seen up close and personal how you are a man of the people. I think it's it's cool how you're. Are you this? Are have you become your character, or was this character who you were as a young kid, and you just continuing to be that guy? I don't know yet. Jury's still out. We'll see. Uh, I'll see in a couple of years, maybe. Are you fucking kidding me? This must be a motivational speech. I'm trying to give you a compliment, Pat. Why don't you sit there and accept it? <laughs> I'm saying you're a good dude. That's why I'm even entertaining the thought of this stupid thing you want me to do, which I'm not doing it. But I. I think if you really want some good motivational, like some kind of info out there, some motivational content, go to the guys that are super angry and yell at the crowd the whole time and just make them think they're the worst people on the planet. <laughs> Those are my favorite motivational guys. I'm sure you love them too. It's really uplifting, <laughs> really fun when you just scowl at the crowd, whoever it is. Like say you're, you're a motivational speaker guy gets paid 75K to show up to corporations, but you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna do a favor. You could do a favor, air quotes, for a, a an elementary school because your cousin's mom asked you to come in there, and you're gonna do a favor and only take forty grand from the, the school <laughs> operation. <laughs> and you're speaking to like third graders, and you just the first thing you do is you just walk down the line, don't say a word for like a minute, and you just point out kids and be like, you, you're probably gonna be in jail. You, you're probably gonna die. <laughs> you, suicide. And you just they. They point out stuff, and then he's gonna, and then the person's gonna be like, "I'm just telling you what the stats show. That's what they are. I'm just gonna tell you." 
12% of you are going to be dead within five years from now. <laughs> six, six of you are going to be in prison. But how are you going to lift your life back up? Look at me. Look how awesome I am. I didn't have anything growing up. I had nothing. I didn't have a, I didn't have a pot to piss in. And look at me now. I drove in here in a Maybach. I didn't even drive. I had my buddy drive. I got, I got 35 ball washers around me at all times. Look at me. I'm the best. Now go out there and get it done, young men. And then you end it. So Ray Lewis gave you that speech one time? Uh, Easy. Ray's, Ray had to pull out a Dancing with the Stars, so I feel for him. Thoughts and prayers. What happened to Ray Lewis? He was in Dancing with the Stars. He got hurt. Wow. Let's have a moment of silence for Ray uh, Lewis's health. Good song. Well, that was is that, Ray is that a thing health. you guys do? Uh, moment, <laughs> moment of silences have kind of been a staple of the show. Just to see who breaks first. I want an entire 45 seconds on live radio with just a complete bummer silence <laughs> until somebody broke. Uh, just because I like to think of people at home listening like, <laughs> did we lose service or are these fuckers really not talking right now? It's something I do, but Ray Lewis's health is something we would definitely do a moment of silence for, for sure. And his victims. Jesus. Oh, oh come on now. Drop oh, wow. that. On Drop a football field. On a football yeah, field. Yeah, punished them. Yeah. Did he stop doing the deer antler? Yeah. Is that why you got oh, the right. camera? Enough. Let's get out of here. Get uh, that camera off of us when you say that Ray Lewis comment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do not want to be associated with that. The opinions of his do not uh, reflect that of his employer. That is Nick Moraldo. That is the man that said that terrible, terrible thing. Yeah, I did. Um, okay, AJ, I'll see you later, man. I can't thank you enough. Uh, I think people will enjoy this conversation. Thank you. Have fun, man. Don't die. I appreciate it. Your schedule is brutal, but you're doing great. That means a lot. You got seven kids too, so your life never ends either. So I think that is also impressive. Thank you. Appreciate you. Normally you correct me there. You didn't that time. How many is it? I don't know the actual number. No, I have four kids. I mean, yeah. <laughs> are we gonna have five? Or are we gonna have starting five? Or are we done at four? I mean, nothing really. I, I haven't. I didn't, I'm not. I didn't get clipped, so I don't plan on having any more. Good headphones. How much did Disney That's pay clipped. you for this uh, <laughs> Toy Story ad? Oh, there you go. <laughs> what happened? You he, see it. He's got a Toy Story ad on his Twitter. Said all his kids <laughs> you know are really pumped. You told to watch. you I'm getting more more active on my social media. You see it. <laughs> Hashtag movie night. Hashtag <laughs> Toy Story. Hashtag ad tonight. All four of my kids are pumped to watch Woody, Buzz, <laughs> and the rest of the gang for a hashtag Toy Story for movie night. Own your copy now on Blu-ray and digital. Hashtag ad at Toy Story. Not a boy, AJ. Hey, look at you, a little businessman. Yeah, I know, man. It's I got screwed. They only gave me like twenty five k for that. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny? You did him a favor. You did him a favor. Normally, like that speaker, yeah. like that speaker going to the elementary school. Yeah. I did him a favor because my kids do like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, legend AJ Hawk. I feel like we told you that Mr. Hawk was always an entertaining one. I can't thank him enough for spending that much time with us in the middle of his insane schedule. I couldn't even fathom calling a high school football game right now. Good for him. Couldn't even fathom having an MMA show and doing all that. He's, he's a very busy man, and I'm very thankful for his time. And also his incredible wit. He's a dry sense of humor having a motherfucker now. And it is hysterical. I absolutely love it. Very thankful he stopped by.
The thing that I miss most while I'm on the road, by the way, before we get to uh, one or two calls that we got a chance to take here earlier today, with our live show, we have the um, the technology now to take calls. So people call in during a live show. Since it's only a two-hour show, I can't always get it in, right? Because we got breaks. We got some guests already there that have been booked by the booker who's been doing a very good job the last couple of days. Very thankful for that. And throughout the whole thing, it's been a learning process, but they've been incredible. So sometimes whenever I get people to call in, one 3331 I can't always get to them. But we can record them after the live show, directly afterwards, and put them in the podcast. And I think that's what we're going to start doing. And um, I always enjoy this because it brings out stories sometimes that I never would have remembered myself. I enjoy hearing from folks that are intrigued by what the fuck we got going on. Because it's very stupid. Another thing that's very stupid is my life on the road has become a little bit of a pain in the ass. Now, obviously... Traveling and all that stuff, working, achieving goals here, you know, doing it with my friends is a lot of fun. But every time I lay down on a damn bed in these hotels, it's it's literally a, a craps table. It's roulette. It's nobody knows if the bed is going to be worth a single fuck or not. And honestly, aside from my lady who comes with me to every New York trip and will be coming to a couple of these college things. So I'm away from her like once a week. Aside from missing her and all the pets, the number two thing behind that is my damn bed. My bed from Lisa is so damn comfortable. And I think I love it so much because it was done in such an easy fashion. So I felt like I beat the game of mattresses and it's so goddamn comfortable. It's really the perfect match. It's innovation in the industry that was literally archaic. No more traveling to the damn mattress stores and laying on beds that have been laid on by a bunch of people all damn day no more trying to get upsold on whether the springs are worth a shit it's years and years of research for the perfect mattress and it shows up in a box on your doorstep unboxing the damn thing takes like two minutes three minutes Easy peasy. All you did was go to lisa.com forward slash McAfee. You get $150 off, and that shit shows up at your door, and bing, bang, boom, the most comfortable bed you ever laid on just showed up in your life. If you're looking for a new bed, I would very much suggest Lisa because I've gotten a chance to lay on a lot of beds this fall, traveling around in a lot of towns, and I miss my Lisa mattress every single time. L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash M-C-A-F-E-E, $150 off. I think you'll, you'll enjoy the decision. All right, I guess we do a fucking phone call or two here. Uh, Mac, what's going on? Upstate New York, what are we talking about? What's up, boys? Uh, all right, so we can all agree that the refs have been absolutely atrocious, and we've talked about it ad nauseum. But uh, tennis refs have never gotten a call wrong with that Hawkeye technology that they have. And I know you said it's smaller than a football field, but soccer has the VAR technology, which is just about the same size as the football field. So do you think they should try to implement that technology into the refing of the NFL so that it's always perfect? It would never get the first down wrong, the touchdown calls wrong, or whether the feet were in or out of bounds. Okay, I appreciate that, Mac. I don't think I understand what the VAR thing is. It's a video-assisted review, I believe, is what it stands mm-hmm. for. Uh, but they also have it like down the goal line, just like 
just like in tennis where that shows like the the ball crossing the line or not like that. So I think he was talking about more if the the football goes over the goal line for touchdowns and things which like I think they have now. By the way, last night or one of the games this weekend, they had Skycam directly over the goal line, mm-hmm. which is exactly where it should be, so it doesn't get in the way. I enjoy the thought of fixing it and putting sensors in that whole thing. I think they have enough money to do so. They also have enough money though to buy their own stadiums, and they still use tax funded money because mm-hmm. billionaires are going to be billionaires until billionaires are no longer alive. That's just the way it goes. I, I think anything that makes the game better and smarter, I am all about. I am here for. And I appreciate Mac doing that, but I just don't see the NFL who got upset when we asked for just a little bit more cash door negotiations <laughs> to just spell out a bunch of sensors on the entire football field that also have to be warmed in cold places and the whole thing, even though it'd be smart, mm-hmm. even though it'd be smart. Let's dream situation. The entire field has sensors on it. The, the lights, uh, there's even lights on the numbers underneath the field oh, so you can like see that. it up a little bit so that if there's snow on there, even melting for the, the snow on the lines, like your dream scenario, that is the case where we don't even need refs. Dream scenario is we have four sky cams at all angles so we can see everything. These are all dream scenarios that will never happen, but boy, it'd be great if it did. What, they not have enough money? <laughs> they do. I know. But they want to make all the money. Hogs get slaughtered. Oh, pigs get... To say that, you have to say the first part so it makes sense. <laughs> I'm just... Otherwise, it's just kind of... It sounds take, evil. Just taking a shot at pigs. Well, they do. Well, pigs get fed. Hogs get slaughtered. There we go. Now we're playing a game. Rowan, great name. What are we talking about? Um. Yes, thanks for having me. Um, are the 49ers the best team in the NFC? Great question, Rowan. I think... And I've said this openly a couple times. Rowan from Indianapolis, one of the best names, probably the best name that's ever called in, next to Gumpy, that I've used, was, I, I thought was Dumpy there at the beginning. <laughs> so that's a little bit of an interesting thing. Rowan's a good name, though. Um, yeah, thanks. I, hey, no problem. It was more so a compliment to your mom and dad, but you can take it for sure because <laughs> um, you deserve it. I self-admittedly did not know enough about the San Francisco 49ers going into that Monday night football game against the Cleveland Browns. Then watching them perform on that Monday night game, I was like, well, God damn, the San Francisco 49ers got somebody. Then they went into the Rams and they were underdogs. I knew that was a lie. And then whenever they showed up there with a majority 49ers fan base in the stands, the 49ers fans have been waiting for this team to be good, and I think they are. Jeff Garcia talked about it. That defense that was once young and dumb is now all of a sudden experienced and smart. They brought in some pass rushers both through the draft and free agency. D Ford, if he was just six inches back, Kansas City Chiefs probably go to the Super Bowl and win that thing. Instead, now he's with the 49ers with a dominant defense. They have all the makings to be great. I'm just not sure how anybody's going to beat Aaron Rodgers. That, In my eyes, in the NFC, it runs through the frozen tundra of Green Bay. That's just in my eyes because I'm friends with the guy, but I also like the 49ers a lot. So I think they're incredible. I think it's going to be a great playoff run. Plus, you tack in the Saints there. And also, don't let the Cowboys get on. <laughs> I can't. I can't even say it with a straight face. I can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> but in my eyes, I think the Packers are still lead dog there. But I like the 49ers a lot, a lot, a lot. They are an incredible football team. If they run into a defense that can stop the run, I don't trust Jimmy G enough, and I don't trust their wide receivers enough to make plays if they are getting stopped. Yeah, and I mean, I yeah, I'm on your side. Everybody's saying Jimmy G's been playing average, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their defense has just been so good that he really hasn't had to do much. 
Well, and if it wasn't for Dapgate, I mean, literally, that's probably what we'd be talking about more is how dominant and suffocating that defense mm-hmm. was. But we haven't mentioned it much. And we'll see how it goes as the season goes. Thank you, Roan, for the call. Let's go to Peyton down there in Pittsburgh. Peyton, what's going on, bub? Okay, so I thought the um, the NFL has a big monopoly on football. They have a bigger monopoly than Andrew Carnegie had on good old-fashioned blood and sweat American steel. That was forged by real men, not pansies like Alberto Riveron. So I'm asking you as a person who played in the NFL, do you think alternative leagues like the XFL might stand a chance because of these happy little referees who are most likely born on the highway because that's where most accidents happen? Couldn't fill the void for complete accuracy that fans seem to want right now. Also, last thing, stat, short for statinum in Latin, means immediately. Oh, oh Peyton, thank you, Peyton. Peyton, incredible call there, Peyton. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate the hell out of Peyton when he calls from Pittsburgh. <laughs> he has a different brain than we have in here. Uh-huh. And sometimes when you're listening to some people speak, you have to give them benefit of the doubt that they're going to get somewhere. And some people, when they start talking, I'm like, I, I don't trust that you're going to get somewhere good, so I'm just going to cut you off. With Peyton, I have given – now it's the third time we've heard from Peyton. I have gotten to the point now where if I think he's leading something I don't like, I give him the benefit of a doubt that his, that his brain's going to figure it out for mm-hmm. me. And it does. That's a great delivery there. Yes, the NFL is a monopoly. They say the CFL is the reason why they're not, the AFL and all this stuff. But everybody knows the NFL is the only one who's really making any money. Will another league work? I think Jeff Garcia yesterday on our show talked about how there's an abundance of talent. There's a lot of people that are cut. But if you can't run the league as a business, which is what it is, it might not fall. I have no idea. Apparently, the Freedom Football League is being launched, too, with Ricky Williams and yep. Jeff Garcia. Excited to see how that one goes. Excited for that. But they got Vince McMahon backing them. Big money. XFL is the only failure on Vince McMahon's basically life checklist, if I had to guess. Everything that guy has tried to do business-wise has done well, except for the XFL. Then he sees the AAFL with the child of the guy that he made the TV rights deal come up, and he goes, you know what? I think I can do this again. And he comes back into it. Vincent Wan is not going to let this thing fail. Oliver Luck has had a lot of success everywhere he's gone. I think they're going to do good. Do I think it's going to be good watching for a while? I think it's going to stink and it's going to be tough to watch for a little bit. But I think the XFL does stand a chance. I'm just not sure for how long. Yeah, I mean, until they can pay these guys more than what you make for like working in a cubicle, it's going to be tough to think that they're going to be able to get top-shelf talent that wants to Correct. come and play for them. You might be able to get those young guys who have never made any money before, so they're just their first time getting a paycheck playing football. They're loving it. We're loving it. But whenever that turnover happens, how do you build up a fan base, unless it's like a college fan base, but the college fan base lies uh, upon guys and girls who went to the school and feel it through their blood. Now you're trying to start a new, I don't know. Well, and even even that, I mean, if you're making like 55 grand, like you're, you're not not living luxuriously you know what i mean like you're you're paying for your apartment and whatever other bills you have and you might have a little bit of spending money on the side but it's i mean it's what if you're in dc massive taxes exactly New York, massive taxes la this is not going to be a glorious job so it'll probably be a lot of turnover if they can continue to have talent and some notable names in there that fans can get behind i think they have a chance but boy in the middle of february when it's negative 50 degrees <laughs> in new york and dc that's going to be tough football. Quarterback play is going to be tough to watch. And I think that's kind of what drives leagues. Hey, the AFL. I remember there for a little bit, for the first couple of weeks, I was like, I could go play quarterback right now in the exactly. AFL. <laughs> I could go play right now if I had to. they got to be paying the quarterbacks more, I assume. Yeah. Have yeah. To be. Oliver Luck ain't going to let that fly. But there's still all quarterbacks that have been cut from NFL teams. All right. Thank you so much for fucking with us on this beautiful Thursday. If you got nothing going on tonight, 
9 p.m. We got a little UCLA Stanford action. By the way, I love it out here. It is very nice out here. It is like a whole other country out here. A whole other continent. These pines play no fucking games. These redwoods. We had to drive from San Francisco to Palo Alto, which is south, by the way. Thought for sure it was north. Was telling everybody, oh, we got to go up to Palo Alto today. Wrong. You go down. I guess there was an earthquake also, like an hour before we landed out here. So we could have all went very down. <clears throat> Anyways, it's beautiful out here. And that Stanford campus is legit. After watching some of their games, it might not be a very, you know, rompous atmosphere at Cardinal Stadium. But I think it's going to be an incredible game. And Coach David Shaw was a cool dude today, man. Cool dude. Good conversation. And their facility, like their hall of age, it's just a very nice place here. Very nice. But I can understand why people that go to Stanford feel as if they had a much better education experience than everybody else. It's fucking incredible here. Dudes who created Snapchat from here. I think Google. You just name it. There's just billions of dollars oozing out of this place. And it's, it's pretty obvious. A lot of bike riding motherfuckers around here, though. A lot of bike riding. Not only in San Francisco, where we currently are, but in the Stanford campus. Yeah, it was cool. It was very cool to learn about it. It was also very cool to win some auctions on my new favorite site. And everybody knows that I am a window shopper. I'm not supposed to have money. We all know this. These are all things that we very much understand. But... There's a website that is just perfect to get great deals on things. Dealdash.com is a place that, honestly, I didn't think was possible to exist. Dealdash is an honest and fair bidding site which has hundreds of auctions every single day. Hundreds of them. Not just a couple. There's hundreds of auctions every single day. It's a bunch of different shit. TVs, jewelry, clothes, home furnishings, computers, even cars on there. They're auctioning off everything at DealDash. They're all available at DealDash.com, and you can get them for up to 90% off. You're like, well, how does that work? Well, this is how DealDash works. Each bid raises the price of an item by one cent. The auction clock restarts from 10 seconds every time someone bids. If no new bids are placed before the clock runs out, the last bidder wins. Yes, that easy. And it only goes up one cent for every single bid. You're going to end up with incredible fucking deals if you sit on DealDash.com just for a little bit. I've really gotten into it. I have. I've enjoyed it. And my fiance is probably not going to love it. But a good deal is a good deal. And right now, DealDash is the place for deals. It's in the goddamn name. Right now, you can go to DealDash.com and get 100 bids with your first bid pack purchase. So what you have to do is you have to buy bids because your bids, you have to get them in quickly if you want to win because every 10 seconds, it's going up a penny and you can win shit quickly. So you buy a bunch of bids. And right now, if you go to DealDash.com and enter code America, you get 100 bids with your first bid pack purchase. Go win some shit. Go get some bids. Go bid on some stuff and get 100 free bids with your first bid pack purchase. Right now, deodash.com, enter code America, and start bidding, start winning, and start having a good time at deodash.com. And remember, there is a 90-day money-back guarantee, and shipping is always free. I think you're going to love it just as much as me. And I love you all very much for listening.
You don't have to listen, but some reason you're choosing to. Hashtag endgame, hashtag endgame. Eh. Send a cool quote. You know what? Tell me something I don't know. I'm enjoying the hell out of these on my Instagram and Twitter and all the boys. Every morning I do it. Tell me something I don't know. Like, for instance, yesterday, since we were in San Francisco, the home of Steve Jobs with Stanford, the whole thing, we all wore black turtlenecks, jeans, white shoes, glasses, black belts. Except for Ty. Ty had a brown belt on. A lot of people mocked him for it. But, hey, you can either fall in line or stick out. And I would say the brown belt definitely did that. And that's what Ty does. Ty steals the show. Foxy, if you see the picture, Foxy literally looked like uh, like he hasn't had a sandwich eh, 20, 30 years. It's incredible how fit that kid is. And handsome. It's ridiculous. And Cigar Zeke made an appearance. But we paid little homage there to the Steve Jobs in the area up here. We had a good time. And we're stupid. And you listen. And we're thankful. Ty Schmidt. Oh, yeah. Hashtag end gang. Hashtag end gang. Just send something uh, that makes us chuckle a little bit. We're around each other a lot. We're going to be on a plane for five hours coming home from Stanford to get back for the live show Friday morning. Corey Graves will be hosting the first hour from the WWE. And Jeremy Piven from Entourage will be hosting the second hour. I hadn't really heard of the guy since Entourage. Entourage was a show that shaped my life, literally. If you, I mean, if you look at my life right now, it's basically that, but in a much smaller scale. So I absolutely loved Jeremy Piven as Ari. Pivotal in my life, life-changing. Hadn't heard from him since. Then I found out he was coming to Indianapolis to perform at the Helium Comedy Club. And I was like, hey, man, you want to come on a show? He was like, fuck yeah, I'll come in the studio. I was like, let's go. I think a lot has happened in his life since then. That'll be an interesting conversation. Uh, anyways, you guys are the absolute best. Cheers. Ty Schmidt, hit the music. Yeah.
Little Nick Boy, I'm swagging. Hey.